One Together podcast, the podcast about bringing us together as one. It's funny. And it has been getting bigger and bigger every week with a mission to stop bullshit media from creating stupid stories that play into an idea that we just want drama and titillating headlines with zero substance. I mean, do you want that? Do you want gossip and rubbish that has no real substance? Because I was told that you do by many people in the entertainment industry. And what's more, that that's what women want? Ugh. Anyway, look, if we haven't already met, I am a very passionate and eccentric Heather Maltman. This entire podcast was created in the hope of creating an industry of media whereby we actually have to give you what you want rather than us telling you what you want. Let's educate ourselves and talk about stuff that really matters. And I am proud and loud about being a person who wants to connect people for real which we are very proud to say has been happening. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your stories and requests to keep joining the podcast. I will get back to all of you, so please keep on saying hi. But first, we need to get into this week's episode. Glenn Marsden woke up one day and decided he'd had enough of the lack of awareness for mental health being a totally normal thing. So he picked up his camera and started taking pictures. Pictures of people such as, well, myself, which is how we met, Rebecca Gibney, Grant Denyer, Liv Filand, Rob Mills, Mel Gregg, and, well, the list goes on if you haven't already seen. He's just a simple man living in Sydney and has been a personal trainer. He's a photographer and now the founder of Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, gaining worldwide success, and he's doing it all for free. That's right. He is not without his own struggles with mental health, as we all are, and today we discuss that as well as many other factors affecting our community. Now, I'd also like to take a very serious minute to advise my original Australians we do discuss the story of a little girl who was badly bullied in the hopes of creating awareness for our Indigenous mob. And I'd like to pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging, that I am grateful for the land on which I record today and hope to spread the word for equality and end suffering for my mob. So this is just a little warning to let you know moving forward. Okay, I really hope you enjoy my conversation today with Glenn Marsden. Here he is. Please be advised this podcast deals with heavy mental health topics such as suicide, specifically for males. We also respectfully acknowledge our Indigenous Elders, past, present and emerging, as an important discussion is brought up around the acknowledgement of help for Aboriginal Australians. There is also very mild coarse language. For support, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or a trusted medical professional. This is an amazing thing about you. When we first met, I, because who was it that introduced us? Because this is how you've gotten everyone. It's been this person knows that person knows that person knows that person. Yeah. And then it's just kind of streamlined from there. Kind of who thing. put us in touch again? You got, because I, I think you messaged me, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Was I, that out of nowhere? I you just like, everyone. I'm a message that girl. <laughs> yeah. Because then it turns out you and I both know Mel. You and I both know Michelle. You and I both, oh man, it's yeah. like crazy how many people Small we both world. have in common. Yeah. But it's like, when we first spoke, you told me that the whole thing about Imperfectly Perfect and the campaign came about because, you know, you've, you've got your own stuff, which we will get to. I find, yeah. I find fascinating when we started yeah. delving into that the other day. But just talk for a minute about how you managed to get so many big-name people yep. into a campaign that you were doing just because you wanted to inspire a few people. And that's the thing that 
obviously it's gone beyond my control now. So um, I know we often talk about it, but gratitude and putting it out to the universe. Mm. Literally, it is all by reaching out through Instagram. Like there's two parts we always talk about on social media. There's the negative side that obviously this campaign is quite about, about what people are portraying and people are seeing and going through things. Then the other aspect is reaching out and connection. Yeah. So to me, I've always grown up with a concept of nobody's too big or unreachable. So I've just literally sent them a message, sent them the campaign, sent them my vision, and if it's something they're interested in. Yeah. Like that's the thing with public profiles. You guys obviously get a lot of people reaching out to you for things. Mm. So there was clearly something within this campaign that struck a chord with them. I feel like, and I'm not saying that I'm one of the big names that you've gotten on board. I, I believe myself just to be a humble podcaster with <laughs> aspirations to one day potentially be in theatrics. Uh, but the thing that drew me to your whole campaign and your whole philosophy mm-hmm. was just how genuine you were about the whole thing. You're like, look, I'm a photographer. I'm aware yeah. that I have absolutely no standing in the mental health sector. Yeah. I just believe that we need to start making light, uh, sorry, shining a light on this issue. Yeah. And I would like you to be a part of it. And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm about that. So I jumped on a plane from the Gold Coast, flew straight to Sydney, and the next thing you know, we're doing the photos. Yeah. And do you know how many people will contact me on social media with these ideas? And then you never hear from them again. They never come back. You never, nothing ever happens. Mm. So that's why I said to you, look, send me an email. Yeah. Love to be involved and we'll see where it goes. I just thought, I'm never going to hear from this guy again. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, I'm getting dates, I'm getting times, I'm getting what you're trying to do with it. I'm, I'm getting links to other people who have done it as well. And I was like, fuck, this guy's really serious. Like he's really <laughs> making a difference. Yeah. And the first thing that popped into my mind is why, 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 why? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Why are you putting so much effort into this? Because you're not getting paid for this, my friend. Yeah, no. This is costing you money. Yeah. So why? Why put so much energy into it's, this? I suppose it was, and I've mentioned it on a couple of podcasts, that um, I turned social media off and because obviously my, my kids have grown up with a camera in the face, mm-hmm. <laughs> I posted everything on social media. But because it was distracting me from work, I turned it off. Now, my wife wanted some pictures to send to her family, um, so she made me turn it on. And I actually saw um, a post of a, a guy that I used to train with back in the UK. He came to my gym every day, got to know him really well. And So you've been a personal trainer as yeah, well? Yeah, back as... in the UK, like okay, years right. ago, years ago. Right. Um, yeah. So way back in Barnsley, Sheffield, if anybody knows that place. Barnsley. <laughs> Barnsley. Back in Barnsley. No, we actually talk really, really common. They always oh. put someone who's got a Yorkshire accent, like, really, anyway. You call that a lorry? How is that? <laughs> like that. Ayo. Okay, thanks. Ayo. Keep going. We'll go back to that anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, um, and somebody had posted a link, and I saw his picture, and I was like, oh, I know that guy. Like, what's, what's going on? And it was literally link to link to link, and, yeah, taking his life. Um, what? That's yeah. over. I thought you were... No, this is the whole stem of the campaign. It started with he'd actually taken his life. So I started reaching out to friends of mine back in the UK. And bear in mind, I've not been home for 12 years. Yeah. So I didn't know he got married and all this kind of stuff. But what happened was through link to link to link, I saw a video that his partner or maybe his wife these days, she posted and it was literally, you know, a montage of them getting together yeah. and with the emotional music, which already struck a code anyway, but oh, halfway man. through there was like an interlude of him and his little boy. Oh. Yeah. So he was cuddling and kissing and like swinging his little boy towards the camera. And to me, like, I'm not really emotional, but that really struck a code because like I've got a little boy who was five years old and I just like to know that someone could be in such a dark place 
to think that it would be better or his little boy would be better without him than to continue. Like, you can't fathom, can you, really? And it, it takes oh, it yeah. only only the week we heard that another friend who I used to manage for two years had passed away. Now, on social media, his family or anyone didn't put anything about his health. So the more and more we found out, he packed up all his belongings, moved back home and taken his life as well. Only just before Christmas, and we just found out the other day, so we went out for drinks just to send him off. But I think it's just getting ridiculous that the amount of people that are sadly taking their lives. and Especially young yeah, men. Young men. Do I you know. know how many of my guests have been men that have dealt with some kind of, you know, a friend who's taken their life or a young man in their life who's taken their life. It, it Like literally pretty much every guy that's walked in here to have a podcast yeah. and we've sat down and started talking about why they are the way they are, every yeah. single one of them has lost a male so, friend. It, yeah. it, just, yeah. it just breaks my heart and I feel like a lot of it comes down to just men feeling like they have an outlet to communicate, you know. Yeah. We, we forget as women, like we've got all these trials and tribulations of feeling like we need to be heard and we need to have a voice and we need to be treated as equal. And it's yeah. like, well, if we want to be treated as equal, don't we have to hear the emotion of men equally? Yeah. Don't we have to create a space where men can feel as equally as a woman can? Don't we have to create a world where a man can break down, be vulnerable mm -hmm. and hurt just as equally as a woman can? And it's... Yeah. Far out, like that's just. I think that I space needs closing, doesn't it? it really like, does. I think a good thing about this campaign, and as I say, because I'm new to it all, I don't know. There probably is campaigns like this out there that mm. cater to both, but I don't want to close that demographic to say, "Oh, this campaign is just for guys," or "This demographic's just for women." Like mental health affects everyone, and that's the thing about yeah. everybody coming on. Like, we've got yourself who's gone through things. We've got people who's lost friends, so it's directly or indirectly. And then we've got Mel Grieg, a good friend of yours, like who's got endo. Like oh, it's a man. totally different concept, but then people would not recognize that that causes mental health issues and yep. depression and anxiety and things like that. It's just. Jeez, man, the pain that I have watched her go through in the time that we've been friends ruins yep. me. Yeah. Especially around, oh, it's very, very recent news, obviously, that she won't be able to have uh, kids now because of her embryos. And I haven't even had a chance to talk to her about it yet because yeah. she needs time to um, digest the information herself. But when I, when I saw what was going on and she messaged me, it just ruined me because if you know her the way I know her, that's that's it. Like that's what she's been. She that's it for her, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, doing a doing a campaign such as yours is just so incredibly necessary in the world today. So it begs the question, what have you been through yep. to then want to be involved in this? Because it can't just be a story from someone else. It usually had like you've been affected quite closely. Myself, yeah. And I think that, that the more prevalent it's come through is I had my own story a while ago and mine stem from social media aspect and body dysmorphia. Uh, we touched on it on my podcast. I just find it hard to believe um, that you had body dysmorphia. And that's that's the thing. It's Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know. I actually, and again, I'm no expert, but I self-diagnosed myself with it. 
So yeah. pretty much I was in the fitness industry for, oh, I still am, um, 15 years, um, all the way through my 20s. I, I was fine, but I was in like the kind of the Bondi crowd at that time. I was yeah. teaching classes and all these body beautifuls and I never had a problem. Hired the abs, I was going on the beach. And then I, I turned like 30 and I was pretty much like, why can I not get this aesthetic huge chest? And these big biceps. Oh man, turning thirty, like, <laughs> it ruins you, doesn't it? Your metabolism you know completely turn, changes. You know when people <laughs> say you turn thirteen, it's the best years of your life. Yeah. Those first couple for me yeah. actually weren't. Yeah. And I was looking at these guys like my mates, and I was just like in awe. And you can ask any of my mates; they will tell you, Glenn's obsessed with his chest, because I would be literally going, really? but I can't feel it. I can't feel it. Like, how do you? And I'd be finding all these exercises and everything. Then it stemmed to me. Like I told you, check in the mirror. Like that is Three, crazy. four times a day up to a that. few hours. A few and hours a few in hours. front of the mirror. And it wasn't looking at yourself as a whole picture. Mm. It was picking flaws, a little flaw. Give me an example. Like run me through, let's say you're about to go to work. You're off, mm. you're off to work in, in your fitness So job. you go past the mirror and you check yourself, you take your top off. It depends where your floor is. And you're about to walk like, out the you're door. You're about to walk out the door. And, and you've it, taken your shirt off to go back and look. That was my thing. Okay. Just to see if anything had changed or if it hadn't changed. And, and what would it, you... It sounds so ridiculous to say now, um, but when you're going through that, it's, it's, it's just weird in your head. Like you look at these pictures and you see people who are overweight or you see things like this and you're literally going, there's nothing actually wrong with me. Yeah. But then you can look in the mirror and go, why am my chest shaping up like these guys? Or why am my biceps shaking like this? And then... We actually moved to Thailand, so we couldn't find childcare here. We had mm -hmm. like two days a week, so we decided to make a move to Thailand where my wife was originally born. Um, and that probably made it worse because picture taken away from your friends, you're working in a different culture, you're, you're just surrounded by nobody that you know. So it got more obsessive to the point I was just checking the mirror, and then it got to the point where it affected me and my wife because we got a newborn baby and I was taking time in the mirror. And she was like, we can't go on like this. You need to get some help or you do this. So I actually went to the doctor and I'd Googled it all. And, and I said to him, I remember, I was like, I think I've got body dysmorphia. He didn't know what body dysmorphia was. He thought it was what? OCD. Bear in mind, this is Thailand. They're probably not more body conscious as, as us lot. Yeah, but it happens so, here in Australia. Like the amount of times I've gone into a doctor yeah. and been like, this is my issue. And they've been like, that's not a thing. Yeah. And I go, Google it. It's a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Siri or Google. Um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so because he really didn't know, I started like trying to look into things myself and okay. this cognitive behavioral therapy and things like this. And it was so funny because we lived in Thailand for a year. So I was going through that about a year. Wow. Yeah. And oh, like yeah. you can get yourself into that headspace where you're thinking of nothing but that. Um, Must be so debilitating. It was, and the more you read into body dysmorphia, it's actually one of the worst killers. Is it really? Yeah, because people, you, you get so obsessed. And then anyway, fast forward, we moved back to Australia when we got childcare five days a week. Um, mm -hmm. And literally there I went to see somebody and they put me in touch with a personal trainer in the industry who actually went through it themselves. And until that day, only my wife ever knew about it. <clears throat> never told my closest friends and that's the thing about guys especially in that industry like oh masculine i can't tell them that i'm going through shit um 
And this personal trainer told me all about his, very similar, except he was obsessed with, what was he obsessed with? His legs or something. His legs. Yeah. And he'd spent hours in the mirror. And he trained himself through cognitive behavioral therapy um, and got through it. And basically where it stemmed with mine was because for 15 years I had been teaching these combat martial art classes and spin bikes. So when you're hunched over all the time, your pec minors get so tight. That they so start to collapse in. in. Yeah. yeah and my shoulders were taking, yeah, my shoulders were taking everything. Yeah. That's and then I you couldn't... start to strengthen the middle of your back, right? It becomes quite rounded. Exactly. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So I've for something that. so trivial that I spent three months on mobility, getting massage, getting ART therapy, um, and for now my chest to pop and my muscles start growing, I was like, Glenn, what the... Would you... Like, you put yourself through so much scrutiny looking in the mirror when it was a case of mobility. No. Um, but that's the thing. You get in such a space in your head yeah. that nothing else matters. And um, But now from that stemmed, I see people in the gym going through the same things. So I know when someone's... And certain people will avoid the mirror. Mm. I never avoided the mirror, and that's why my wife thought it was vanity. Right. Like, and it's certainly a vanity. It doesn't sound, it sound no, like vanity, no. It's so funny because um, my wife's best friend, he disappeared for like 10 years. Um and what? none of us knew where he was. Just male, off the grid. Male model, loveliest guy ever. And we were all trying to find him for years. And it was only this year we, we got in contact with him again. We found him. Yeah. Um, and he came for dinner one night. And as a model, one of the hardest industry has screwed in Oh, don't even. I quit for a reason. He told me he was going through body dysmorphia all those years. And I thought about committing suicide. And oh. I was like, dude, if only we knew. Like, you know, just to talk. He was like, yeah, I didn't want to tell anyone. I was like, that's, it's messed up. And now it's been like five years. And because of the mobility, I think a lot of things with body dysmorphia is you need to see results. Right. And now I see results. Like, I don't, I don't even think about it. Don't look in the mirror. Like, new outlook. But bringing it back to the campaign, I think it did stem from an old friend taking his life. But then I think the more and more I've openly spoke about it with friends and found out in the fitness industry, the more I've brought it into this just to go, Oh, you know what? It, it is okay for you to tell your story and be okay with it. We all have one. Um, we all have one. Yeah. So I think that's probably what resonates more with me and yeah. everything. Hundred percent. Do you think there's a level of body dysmorphia where it wouldn't? We're just announcing things out there. We're trying to talk. I know. <laughs> Bloody bugger off! Uh, if you're wondering where we are, we're actually sitting uh, in the studio in Potts Point. We've got a beautiful view here, and right on the yeah. harbour, some jerk has decided that he's got a very important message to give. He gives it every now and again when I'm in a podcast. But um, anyway, I'm sure it's very important. It's probably saving lives, so we'll allow it. <laughs> um, oh, now I've completely forgotten my train of thought. This happens to me a lot, actually. I get like... Body dysmorphia. Yes, I was going to ask you because I'll be honest, I don't know much about body dysmorphia. Yeah. I've, I've read bits about it from um, having to do workshops with young girls and boys yeah. in school and helping them understand the difference between healthy body views and when it's potentially leading to something a little bit more serious. Yeah. And I was just wondering, you said there that um, sometimes seeing results is the way to sort of come out the other side of it. Yeah. What if it's not possible to see results? I is think there a- what I would suggest is is obviously seeing a psychologist with it because you do need some kind of cognitive behavioural therapy. Is training your mind 
to look at things differently. You know, we were talking on the podcast about if you're constantly thinking negative, you're going to attract negative. Yeah. So that cognitive behavioral therapy will actually train your mind to start thinking other patterns. Mm. Um, and like I say, it is debilitating. And the more people have openly mm. spoke about it, I, to you, you would say, well, you were pretty deep into it. But to what I've experienced listening to other people's stories, like they go further. Like a lot of people are just so into it. But still this day, when I was telling a lot of people in the fitness industry, like I'm so open about it now. Yeah. Um, they were like, oh, I think I've got that as well. But I didn't know it had a name. Like I spent yeah. hours in the gym. And there's there's a good friend of mine and he's got, I would say, body beautiful. Like he's, he's kind of, you know, like you see on social media, you would go, fuck, you look amazing. Yeah. Like, pecs, and it makes you stop eating and, cake. Yeah. Sometimes more cake. But he did, he did a competition mm. and he was saying, he actually won it and he came out of it and he opened up to us all and he was like, yeah, I think I've got body dysmorphia. Wait, those, I didn't b- think... the body beautiful things are those things where they, they shred. They yeah, shred, yeah, they yeah, stop yeah. eating completely and they yeah, just drink they just bits look... of water and like, to do a bikini or they do male, yeah, no carbs yeah. To, yeah, just so their muscles pop. Mm. And then they get really orange with tan and have incredible makeup exactly. and their hair is perfect. Exactly. And then they're all like, huh. Yeah. But he went in, right. he said he walked into that competition that day and looked at all the other guys yeah. and thought, there's no fucking way. I look terrible. What? Whereas to us, he looks incredible. He looks like he's just got off a magazine cover and he won it. But yet he pulled himself ah. down that bad with his anxiety. And I would say he had BDD because he said he obsesses in the mirror as well. Right. So it's more prevalent that I'm seeing. And that's why, because I've gone through it these days, I have such a problem with personal trainers losing touch with the personal aspect of coaching. Yeah. Like I just think you cannot keep on marketing these people that are getting results mm-hmm. in five, 12 weeks and posting it on your social media if you've got clients who have been with you for maybe a year or two years and not getting nowhere near. Because there's the other aspect of the fitness industry is people have their vices. Like people do drugs, recreational drugs, people do alcohol. Like no one's condoning it, but steroids are prevalent in the fitness industry, we know. And the bodies change so intensely, so quickly. Mm. But to to everyone who might be a little naive, and we've all got a bit of naivety, because I reckon through those years, I obviously was, because... I didn't realize some of these people that I was working with were clearly on something. Yeah. It's, and it's, I was like, oh, well, I'm bloody blonde then because I was like, oh, because they would tell you. Like nobody wants to admit they're on something, which yeah. each to their own. There's no judgment. Do you know what I mean? But like if someone's taking advice from you and you're telling them that they can get the same results as you and they're paying all this money like the best personal trainers will teach you and coach you education so that you get the results attainable for yourself in your life. Yeah. You can walk away from them and they're happy knowing that they've educated you to go into the gym yourself and yeah. go, hmm. And then that person will always refer someone because they'll go, you know what? He wasn't just keeping me on and on and on and on. So true. Like it's all about educating. And the whole reason is you go into that industry, well, supposedly to help people. Yeah. Like, so I don't get where it's it's been misconstrued and it's all marketing, we all know, but the social media aspect where these guys and girls are posting, we spoke about it the other day. We did. Like the body beautifuls. Yes, you aesthetically look amazing, but 
are you educating people on your personality or what you look like because looks fade and people like myself back in the day yeah with the naivety there get tied up in it and then feel shit about ourselves and then constantly try and like this but another friend a friend who is a trainer he's really educational you won't look at him and go he's aesthetically like built like a lot of the guys but his content is educational he's a smaller guy um he travels the world to go on mentorship programs so he can learn and educate and he tests a lot of these fad diets out on himself it's so funny you see him sometimes he's got like a little pot belly or then he's gone really skinny and he's like yeah i'm just trying this this don't work for my body and that's that's the main thing what works for one body does not work for another body Mm. but he educates himself so he can do it on his clients and he knows what works with certain body types and then he put a post the other day and he's going okay so you've got to think these insta people may not have a life they may not have partners they certainly haven't got kids because there's no way if you're a family person can you prep that much a day without Mm. falling out with your partner you're not going out for meals together you're not yeah do you know what i mean and that's not what your partner got with you for yeah in order for it to be that perfect unless you're both in the industry but that must be a boring relationship (laughs) because you'll be lethargic anyway so there's going to be nothing happening in the bedroom like (laughs) (laughs) so what are you doing you're prepping your meal you look amazing but there's no intimacy there's no going out nah i'm too fucked (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) yeah So, I didn't eat any rice today. Um, funny story. One guy actually went out yeah. on a night out and um, somebody was like, oh, look at so-and-so. I'll not name his name. And I was like, why? And he turned around and he'd actually brought out a little bag of chicken. He'd brought his own little prep out and he, he pulled it out of his pocket and someone yeah. asked him and he was Bottle like, oh, yeah, where? Yeah. Drinking water all night. Everyone's having a good night and he'd got his little bag of chicken. Little bag of chicken. Little bag Aww, of chicken in his pocket. <laughs> But again, no judgment. It's just hey, look, I mean, whatever floats your boat. All I'm going to say is, I hope you had it refrigerated and you didn't leave it in a pocket for two months because (laughs) I would not be eating that chicken (laughs) otherwise. And if it was during winter, then maybe you're a little bit safer. But hey, if you're a nutritionist, maybe you could tell us how long you can leave chicken in a in a ziploc bag in your pocket for. (laughs) We'll find out for sure. Salmonella, everybody. Why not? It's getting around. Time for a quick break and for you to hear about the products that One Together gets behind. All right, drinking alcohol is a pastime in Australia that you just can't get away from. All right, it happens over here. In fact, it's a big cultural thing the world over. But if you're anything like me and you cannot drink very often or you like to be mindful of the effects that it has on your body, but you also don't mind the odd wine or sundowner as well, do I have the gift for you? I actually do. It's called Body Armor and it's actually this really smart drink that was developed by a team of dudes that wanted to protect their liver when they were drinking alcohol, right? So it actually helps with the effects of hangovers, which is awesome. It means that you can actually get up and get into the day if you've maybe gotten a little bit too frazzled the night before. But also it's recognized by the TGA over here, which means it's categorized as a medicine. And that, my friends, is really difficult to do. Even pregnant women drink it for nausea. So it's this really boss stuff and it will help you out a lot. It really protects your liver and all of the good things that you need it to do when your body isn't doing good. So you can get it on their website. That's bodyarmor.com.au or you can get it on their socials, bodyarmor.au. That's A-R-M-O-U-R because they wanted to keep you in the mix. Get it? Yeah, because they thought of you when they made it. That's a little joke I added in for you. 
Thanks for staying with us. Everything we endorse is fully backed and loved by the team at One Together. We do our research on every company or product to make sure it's either healthy-minded or it will serve to give back to the community or even the environment in some way. So let's get back to that discussion. I I wonder what's going to happen in the near future with how much plastic surgery is going on to change our bodies. First of all, the people who have got it done. And, again, if you've got plastic surgery, you know, power to you. As long as you've done it for the right reasons, I say golden. If you've done it because you don't feel good about yourself, maybe maybe work on the reasons you don't feel good about yourself first. Because, trust me, I have moments where I'm like, I love massive cans. And I have to acknowledge the fact that I've got small boobies and if I had big ones, (laughs) I'd probably look like an oompa loompa and that is not hot. (laughs) but I wonder, first of all, the people that have got it done in the near future, mm. because to get breast augmentation, you have to get it adjusted every 10 years. You suppose, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not like you get it what done you and it's like... don't have that money? I always wonder that. What if you don't have that in years? Yeah. Have you had, like... In about 10 years' time, you've got to spend about 10 grand to get to get those bad boys, you know, relift really it. You've got to take the silicon out. You've got to start again. It's quite a process. Um, but being in your industry, but, if you don't mm. mind me asking, I, I've got some friends in LA and one actually said to me they'd been to a couple of castings and they told her she had to fix her teeth and she had to she had to do like a brow lift or something. And I said, Are you gonna take that advice? Oh, and she was like, Oh, definitely, because I'm in I'm in Hollywood. And do I was you know like, what? what? It's called the Streisand <clears throat> effect. Yeah. Barbara Streisand was told something similar when she first started out in right. her career. I mean, Star is born the the movie that's mm. been remade four or five times. Right. Is literally about a young woman who falls in love with a drunken musician, starts to rise to the top and is basically told to change everything about herself in order to be famous. Yeah. And it's about her stopping and going, wait, what am I really doing this for? Yeah. And it's like you can choose not to do it and still find a way to make it ahead. I haven't done anything different to my body. I mean, I put a random stud through my nose, which I thought would be fun, and now I look in the mirror and think it looks like a shiny pimple. But, <laughs> I mean, uh, I can take that out. Yeah. That goes away. You yeah, know, colouring your hair, you can colour it back. And mm. even then I don't really colour my hair or anything. Yeah. And I don't I don't have any implants. I haven't had any Botox. I haven't done anything to my face yet. Yeah. Yes, I'll admit, I'm lucky. I've got very, very, very good skin that's ageing really well. But even if I didn't, I would work really hard to accept the way my face looks the way it is Mm. because you were born with that face for a reason, that beautiful God-given face that comes from two people who made you happen. Even if you were in a test tube, you still made you happen the way you happened. Yeah. And, I mean, I've always gone with the theory, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, But it's like... For the people who have had it done, I wonder what's going to happen in 10, 20 years' time when your calf implants start to sag and your, you know, your your pec implants start to look funny because the real muscle behind there starts to deteriorate because you're becoming older and, you know, um, the, the facial reconstruction that people are getting done. You know, your nose keeps growing as you get older and so yeah. do your ears. Yeah. So it's like how is that going to change? And, you know, these are things that we're not thinking about when we're getting it done in the moment. And look no. at all the older people who got it done when they were younger and now you see them just constantly trying to keep up. The maintenance to try and keep their face looking the way it was is out of this world. And then on top of that, what are you going to do when it's not popular anymore? What are you going to do when it's not popular to have, you know, giant sticky-outy butt cheeks like Nicki Minaj and it's not popular anymore to have this, like, crazy hourglass 
thick body shape, as it's called, like Kim Kardashian. I mean, yeah. back when I was a kid, Twiggy was the most popular model getting around. She was like, yeah, too. remember she was really, yeah. she was that 1960s slim. model yeah. that was super, Beautiful. super slim. Yeah. yeah. And Bridget Bardo, she was another yeah. one that was super slim. And then as I got into my teens, it was Elle McPherson and Cindy Crawford and these women with super athletic bodies, you know, and that's why yeah. Elle McPherson was called the body. Yeah. So then you've got that level of, you know, fitness coming into it. And now it's like, these crazy expectations with these Brazilian butt lifts and these implants and these, you know, silicon whatevers and bloody Botox showers. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, But you put a picture of, say, for example, the Kardashians from when they started out to, to now, now. Kylie and Kim, there's a picture. So They've different. morphed into each other, though. Yeah, they're the like, sa- they look the same. Like, how it's crazy. How did that happen? Yeah. Like, there's one picture, they're doing it for the beauty line, and you're going... What the? What's happened here? Like, and even Chloe, who was the bigger girl, yeah, the best one because she's got most personality. Always beautiful, but now she's mm. kind of just she's transformed as well. And you're kind of like, you what don't are look we doing? Nothing like you did. And why do we all want to look the same? Why do you know why who do we I would want love to, to get on like this campaign? Who? If I put it out and it reached that far, Rob Kardashian. Geez, that'd be amazing. That would be incredible because why, I think why? from going through. Well, he hate well from what we see. Again, we don't know everyone's story, but he has his own struggle as what we see. He he wants to shy away from the camera. So for a family to be so infatuated with kind of narcissism and putting it out there, like there's there's only one thing. Kardashians to me are quite funny. Like mm-hmm. <clears throat> no issue with them. The only one thing that I've seen through their Instagram stories, which I've seen, which kind of annoys me is the fact that Kim Kardashian has got so many followers. She's got so much money. Like, yeah. yes, I understand they might like money, but there comes a point when you're watching an Insta story and you've got the camera up here and you're showcasing something and you're pouting and your little girl's trying to get your attention. Like, you'd normally see oh, a little wow. girl around her, like, tugging on a, a clothes, a dress. And that's not saying she's a bad mother because she, she's probably an awesome mother. But just put the camera down. Yeah, your like child's your, behind your, you. Your child's there. She wants not your attention. Like, wow, I never thought like, of that before. Yeah, it's just little things like that. I think people, social media is going that far ahead and back to back to the not body dysmorphia in kids, but where you were saying you you speak to girls and boys. Yeah. <clears throat> so my little boy, um, he gets a few jobs here and there, and we was doing a photo shoot for his friend, really good looking little boy, um, and his brother came along <clears throat> to the shoot. And basically, his mum wanted a picture of them too. And she was like, oh, I brought some clothes. We put this on. And this little other boy, he's nine years old. And he was like, I'm not wearing that. And she was like, why? He was like, oh, because I'm fat. I'm and she sorry, was like, what? Who, who told you he was fat? And he was like, oh, I've been putting weight on lately. I'm a bit fat. I'm not wearing that. And she was like, what? He's nine. <laughs> nine years he's old. He's nine. Nine years old. And he also said, because my son, he's got a private um, little account. Um, for an agent because he gets a little bit of work. Okay. But she was showing she <clears throat> she was showing the nine year old. The only thing that he said was, "Look how many followers Lincoln's got." And again, she's a high profile. She she's got a really good job with the company. Um, and she was like, "Is that what you think of success? How many followers you got?" And he was like, "Well, yeah, isn't it what everyone thinks of?" Nine. So from one oh. aspect, he's worrying about his weight, and the second is worrying about another kid's followers. And that's the whole point of this campaign as well. It's like, if we can get public figures Jeez. to showcase that this is not normal, 
I, just, I, I, ca- I can't fathom what it would be like to grow up in a generation oh. where you believe that that is reality. Oh, I'm so glad that we <sighs> missed that stage. Like, Me imagine too. having mobile phones at school. You know, when there was a schoolyard fight and you didn't find out about it till you was at school? Yeah. This online bullying stuff. There was a case in the paper the other day, another 12-year-old girl, Aboriginal girl, has taken the life. And she put a cry for help on social media, just basically saying something like the bullying and the racism will stop. And only one friend commented on that. (coughs) (coughs) You all right? Yeah. Um, But yeah, how terrible is that? And apparently it's like the sixth case uh, in the Aboriginal community of youngsters taking their life and things like that. Like, and it's probably not just the Aboriginal community. It's, um, it's a lot, but what's happening with our children through <clears throat> whether it's social media or bullying? Like, where are they getting this from? Like, bullying's always been about, we know, but how do we stamp that out? And how do we stamp out, if you are going through issues, mental health, where do we take it? All right. Uh, I was talking to the clinical psychologist, like we were going, what's next with the campaign? Like it's all good creating awareness. We want a point of action, which we keep on doing and we want to derive it to that. Do we want to take it to a format where we're actually going to speak to people, where a lot of people do and tell stories or do we need, you know, just do something completely, turn it on its head? Mm. Because there's one point telling stories, but you don't want people to walk away just go, okay, I know their story, but then what do I do with their story? Yeah. <clears throat> so. It's, I, I just want to take a, a second here because I don't know, you, you might be a young kid listening to this right now. I just want to put this in perspective for a second here and you can probably help me with this, Glenn. Mm-hmm. When we were nine years old, The only concern I had as a nine-year-old, I mean, obviously growing up in housing commission with a mother who wasn't well, there's all that drama there as well, sure. But my biggest concern as a nine-year-old was whether or not I was going to cut my Barbie's hair to make her look like a Ken doll (laughs) because I couldn't afford a Ken doll (laughs) or if I was going to use a stick from the garden. Yeah. That was one of my biggest concerns. Yeah. To know that a nine-year-old's concern is about success and followers on social media and whether or not they're fat is actually heartbreaking. It is. And, you know, we, we have all these things where we're trying to stamp out bullying and stop bullying and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I sometimes wonder, and maybe you have some insight into this just from having kids yourself and all the work that you're doing with the campaign and all the different people you're speaking to. But sometimes I wonder if it's not about stamping out bullying because you can't change someone else. Yeah. Maybe it's about we who were bullied or we who are being bullied finding ways to cope with the fact that sometimes there are shit people in this world. Yeah. You're never going to change that. No. You know, there's always going to be a shit person in the world and they're always going to cause problems for someone else. And you know what? Even the most positive person has caused shit for someone else in their life. Yeah. I mean, I'll put my hand up and be honest, I've I've definitely bullied people in the past mm. because I thought that it was the way to make myself feel better. Right. It was very brief, but, yeah. you know, I picked on someone that was less fortunate than me because then the people who were picking on me would leave me alone a little bit more. Right. And what I should have done is stuck up for the 
the person who was lower down the food chain than me in school yeah. and been like, no, we're not going to pick on him anymore. Yeah. He doesn't deserve that. Yeah. You know, so it's like if I'd been given coping mechanisms to deal with those bullies, I wonder if I had actually stepped up and maybe had yeah. that person's back in that in that yeah. time in my life. I feel like the campaign that you're doing has the opportunity to really do that. So I'd love to ask you, in your moments when things are getting really hard, because even now there would be, like you'd have financial stuff that you'd be facing because you're doing a campaign that is not fruitful, it's not giving you any money back, yep. which, by the way, if anyone wants to throw money at this thing, please get in touch because it's definitely worthwhile. Glenn is working his ring out to help out other people. Um, your campaign's not bringing money in, but you're constantly helping out other people. You're working full-time as well. You've got a beautiful wife. You've got two kids to look after. You've obviously got your own mental health stuff to keep on top of. What do you do in those moments when it gets too much? How do you cope when you just feel like going, fuck it, I'm not filming anyone else. I'm not taking anyone <laughs> else's photo. Yeah. It's not my problem. Someone else can deal with it. Yeah. I'm done trying to spread this great message. I've had enough. Yeah. Why can't someone else help? Yeah. What do you do in that moment when it gets I that I suppose bad? I just I, I remove myself from it, so I turn the phone off. Really? Um, turn it down and just go and... Sounds weird, but go and look at my kids and why I'm doing it. Like that's the yeah. thing. Spend some time with my kids because at the end of the day, what everything that we've just been talking about is ultimately what I want to instill in my kids. So Lincoln, for example, is at school, and if he doesn't play with a certain kid, I'll be like, "Oh, do you not know him?" So he'll go past someone in the playground, and Lincoln seems to be a well-liked child, um, and everyone's always like, "Oh, hi, Lincoln," and he'll not say hi to someone. I'm like. Oh, do you not play with that kid? He's like, no, no one really plays with him. I'm like, okay, so when daddy teases you, like playing about, how do you feel? I was like, oh, upset. I'm like, so how do you think when all those kids don't play with that one little boy? And he was like, oh, he'll be upset. I'm like, so what do you think you should do? Invite him. Like things like this, and it's oh, just wow. like try and... I'm not going to say I'm the ultimate dad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You, yeah, there's no, always things like a, no, I'm, of course I'm, not. I'm shattered a... most days because obviously I'm working nights and I'm doing this. And that's the thing about the campaign as well. When people get in touch and say, "Oh, you're doing this. You're doing this. Like you're doing photography full time." No, I'm doing a full time job as well. Like yeah. social media is the snippets of people's lives and all that. But if it can make a change, ultimately, I would love it to get towards. Like, I'm so grateful for all the platforms through Jonathan Moran, through um, Jacinta on Sky News and uh, everyone, um, James Myrtles for the Today Show, because if it wasn't for those guys getting it on the media outlets, like we couldn't have got this awareness so quick. And I think because I've been given that, I think now it's kind of a kind of a task or kind of a thing for me to keep pushing through with it, yeah. because I ultimately want to see government put changes into place. I'm not sure how. Because, yeah. as you say, this is just one photographer's vision <laughs> uh, to try you, and create change. If you find like, ways to change the way the government is facing uh, mental health, please no. let me know because no. I will be there with you rallying. The, uh, so I guess, you know, if you have a family member that's currently going through the mental health system, then you're going to understand this story very, 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 very well. So I don't know if you're aware, Glenn, but and this is something that we could probably talk about on the, the podcast. So mm -hmm. straight after we did our interview. Yeah. That day I went home and I had to call the mental health hospital that's caring for my birth mother. Right. And I found out that they had gone and put her into independent housing without telling me. 
So they do that on purpose because then if they just do it and there's no next of kin, and I'm yeah. using air quotes there, then they can make the decision on their own behalf. It's up to them. There is right. no one else to sell. Because I'm her daughter, yeah. I, they also don't have to ask my permission. They can just do something. Wow. But usually they have common courtesy and they'll let you know that they're going to do something, but mm. they don't have to. So they've gone and moved her into independent housing. This is a woman who has paranoid delusional schizophrenia. I'm, ta- yeah. I'm talking like she sees things, hears things, is paranoid that people are trying to kill her. She is not on this reality plane. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you believe in other worlds, maybe she's living on another world somewhere. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. So they send her off to go and live on her own and then they decide to tell me that they're going to slowly cut back her funding and funding from the government for this place to exist called satellite housing so that eventually just a random person, not even a mental health worker, will go and check on her every day. Then it will be a couple of times a week. Then it will be once a week and then eventually she'll be cured. She's well enough. She can live on her own. She'll take her own medication. It's like... What the hell? How many times does a person have to go missing? How many times does a person have to show up on people's doorsteps claiming that they're a shaman of God, mm. how many times does a woman have to eat out of a bin to be finally diagnosed well enough that they go, hey, mm. maybe we should actually help this person. Like it's like the government puts all this money into IVF and helping us have children and saving lives and, you know, helping women at birth and all that sort of stuff. Awesome. If you're going to help us have these children yeah. that in another lifetime may not have survived birth for whatever reason, then you better damn well have a plan in place to help them as they age because they need that. Like think about how many children survive childbirth, and I know we're getting off track now, but this frustrates me and it comes back to your campaign. Why are we going out of our way to help each other in this world have children but then not put anything in place Mm. to help those children continue to grow? Yeah. And then help those adults continue to live. I, I just don't get it. Yeah. Most of the people that you see on the street, they say, "Oh, homeless people want to be homeless." No, they don't. No, they don't. Yeah. They're homeless because they don't know what else to do. They need help. They they genuinely yeah. need extra support that you don't need because you don't have the same mental health issues that they mm. do. Most of it does come back to some form of mental health issue. Yeah, but it's the same with funding, isn't it? Like you just said, what they put money into. My big problem as I get older is when I see, like, I'm English, but obviously lived in Australia for a long time now. Sure. And I see these art galleries pop up. Oh. And they've got a couple of pictures in. And crying out loud. they put a monument that's just a piece of art. Like, to the normal person, we would look and go... It's a piece of shit. Do you know they like, put, you know the Gold Coast sign that went up for the um, Olympic Games? That yeah. cost $3 million. Like how are you just And you can't it? even like, see it. You yeah. can't even see it. It's on the Yatla Highway. You drive past it at like 110. You don't even see it. It's just a flash of light. Well, what's the two down in uh, the Massive Park near the domain? They look like two matchsticks or something. Oh, yeah. What are they got significant? Because uh, if they are, I apologise. I don't know. But I don't know what they are they either. They look like two matchsticks and I'm like... Okay, so how, how do you justify making something like that when you've got so many homeless on your streets? Yeah. Mental health is obviously an issue. Bullying in schools is an issue. You're cutting costs everywhere. Yeah. But yet I'm... a lot of the government, a lot of politicians seem mm. to still be riding around on taxpayers' money. Oh, this makes me so and... mad when I really think about what they're actually doing. Like they, they put money into their trips overseas well, how come they're not tried like a criminal because if you yeah. did that 
you'd be sent to jail. 100%. Like, I do not get how politicians can use it. And then they get found out and it's all over the tabloids. Yeah. Then it doesn't go to court. But have you noticed that the people who get found out are the ones that the other parliament um, parliamentarians and other leaders, they don't, yeah, they don't want them in parliament anymore. So they're like, I'm going to go tell on you now. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, it's this massive expose. Yeah. And then all we care about is the expose. And then the next thing you know, the other person's in parliament. Well, they've been just as dodgy. Yeah. Yeah. They've been just as bad. It's like, when are we finally going to wake up to ourselves and put someone in leadership here in Australia who actually wants to make a difference in a way that's going to help us? It's like Barack Obama stepped up in America and he actually made some incredible changes over there in that country. But because none of them came to fruition in his time of leadership, everyone just decided, oh, he was a piece of shit, he didn't do anything, he just gave money to a bunch of poor people. And it's like, have you seen the level of difference that it made to those people's lives, how much more they're actually giving back to their own communities now because he helped them? It it blows my, I just don't understand how we rationalise the way we approach our our country. Yeah. I just don't get it. And funding. And I think... That is the one thing with this campaign, and I'm not putting it on that kind of level yet, but I will say none of you guys have been paid. No. I'm not being paid. And the whole reason, if people are making donations, it's going back in to help with the maintenance of the website or things like this. But what people, taking it back to travel times, can do when they come together. Yeah. We don't need the government. To, like I've had so many organisations reach out since wanting to see what we can do together. And I'm pretty much, I'm thanking them because it's amazing that something that's come to fruition so quick and grown Mm. is getting the attention of bigger charities and bigger organisations, probably because of a lot of the publicity. Like, I'm not that naive. I know why people are getting in touch. But when they realise and their messaging is going, oh, we'd love to be a part of your team or we'd love to, and I'm like, no, it's one photographer plus the incredible public figures coming together yeah. to create it. Like, yeah. I thank you, but I want to try and keep this yeah. as much grassroots as possible to show that, hey, we don't, you don't need money to make change. Yeah. And if there's more platforms out there, TV or anything like that, they haven't paid us to go on or we haven't paid to go on or publicists and things like that. It's people connecting, like you say, yeah. how did we meet? How did we talk? And it's like through social media, so you can use it for a good aspect. People are too scared these days to try things in yes. case someone says no. Like if you just said no True. to me, I'd have been like, okay. Never mind. Next. Bitch. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Maybe for a second. I'd be like, why? That had um, a moment girl's a fucking mum. <laughs> <laughs> but you see what I mean? It, it's kind of like another people that are reaching um, out. If if they haven't got a why or they haven't got a story, yeah. like and not a made-up story, if they're seeing some of your faces on there and going, oh, this is a good campaign to be a part of because it all, my profile and things like that, you can see yeah. through it. You can see it's not genuine. Oh, 100%. Like, and that's one of the reasons with the clinical psychologists, we actually look at people's stories and things uh, like that. GoPro said no. Uh. It's okay. <laughs> it's quite common that we'll be in the middle of a conversation and my GoPros will shut uh, down. And I'll tell you what I have learned from this campaign as well is I am so grateful for the amount of support messages from <clears throat> everyday people looking yeah. at you guys. But Alana McIntyre that came on, um, lovely, lovely journalist um, from Nova, Mm. she was saying when she posted her image, the amount of the industry that reached out to her 
and she was working on Nova and she said that they actually, in the lunchroom, they all started asking her about it and then started telling their own story. Wow. So if that can change within this industry. That wasn't a fart, by the way. I just want to clarify. No one farted. That was, that was a giant tugboat. <laughs> she did just leave one, lift one butt cheek. <laughs> I did wonder. But, yeah, if, that, if yeah. that can change within the industry, that also can sometimes yeah. be people don't talk to each other if the oh, opportunities and that's I suppose I'd say to you like because you've been in line like so long is once you get something out in the media that's not a true story like oh. that's how do you deal with that with your mental health because there's positives yeah. but then it's almost like sometimes with with media it's you get to a certain level then they want to bring you down Damn straight, Glenn, you tell him. Now, you can follow Glenn's work on Instagram at Imperfectly Perfect Campaign or his own page at Glenn underscore Marsden, and that's Glenn with a double N. He's currently looking for financial support for the campaign as well. If you could share this with anyone you might know or even a business that is looking for a charity to help fund, look, he will never give up on this cause. It's going to be with him forever. He absolutely adores what he's doing, and you can support him as well, and we also support you, Glenn. This is a double N, so you, you've got to say it, Glenn. Got to pronounce all the N's. Remember, you can follow us on the website, which is onetogetherpodcast.com. You may have even found us on there in the first place. You can leave comments on the site if you like as well, or you can shoot us a personal email to onetogetherpodcast at gmail.com. We love getting feedback and we also love your suggestions on whether or not you feel you have a story that you could share that could potentially help other people. Now, there are so many platforms we are on now, and the best part, if you sign up to Anchor, where we are hosted, you can send us audio messages. For example, hello, One Together Podcast. My name is, insert name here, and I would like to say, insert comment here of amazingness and frivolity. So like I keep saying, we are one together, so we love hearing from you because we're creating a community. It's not about us talking at you about us sharing insights and discussing things as a group. Now, you can get extras on the following socials, Heather Maltman for Instagram and Heather Maltman Official on Facebook because I am fancy. You can also get us on the Tube of You as well, which is otherwise known as YouTube. That's a little dad joke for you. Uh, this is the One Together podcast reminding you that one is, in fact, not the loneliest number. Keep getting after it and feel free to pass this along to anyone who might even start thinking slightly that they are not anything other than the absolute shit because you are the shit. You are the shit. You are amazing. Keep getting – you want me to stop? Okay, no, stop. Sorry about that. I got a bit overexcited. Keep listening.